Blog Talk Radio. Services, 
the doctors, the nurses, the first-line defenders of COVID, especially the people that clean up after them because they put themselves in harm's way every day, and the men and women who stop the shelves in the, in the supermarkets during the pandemic. My Tonight's favorite program is, de- is, is dedicated to a, a special class of people. It, it, from the very beginning, the first day of America started to, up to today, we have the armed forces out there, uh, Army, Navy, Marines, Coast Guard, uh, Air Force, and now the uh, uh, space uh, space. We want to thank those people and all the ones that have gone before them for their dedication and loyalty to this country because the freedom is not free. Let's remember that. There's people out there that over the years have died defending this, their freedom to, to be as whatever we want to be in this country. So we want to thank them. We also want to thank the Gold Star families who lost somebody in the, in those armed forces during the wars. There was many, many people who lost. Tonight's program is also split. Uh, we want to dedicate it to uh, Don Henderson, who is one of our jo- lead jocks on the uh, our Wednesday night show, Don fell and broke his uh, his uh, hip three weeks ago today, um, and that's why we weren't on last week. Uh, Don's recovering and doing very well in a uh, rehab center up in uh, Brick Township, New Jersey. If anybody up there, if you, you have have a chance to, just send him a a card, a get well card, or good good thoughts. Also closer to home. Uh, on Monday uh, morning at uh, 4.50 in the a.m., uh, my wife Sharon fell, and uh, she broke her femur and her hip. Um, she's done a tremendous uh, a tremendous recovery. Um, the doctors at Coastal Recovery Service, I can't say enough about. But I also got to give her 1,000% for trying to get back on her feet. He's trying every single day. So this program is dedicated to her especially. Um, we uh, we want to thank all the people that have sent cards, all the people that have sent uh, um, uh, well wishes and uh, flowers to her. So it really counts. And this is one place. The other thing I want to do is say this is one time when you find out what your family is really like. Each and every one of my grandchildren have been at her bedside. He, my daughter, who lives here in, in town, has been at her bedside every single day. So I want to send a, a very a very big thank you out to them. So um, without it further ado, uh, we'll get along with tonight's program. Hey, Kai, how you doing, buddy? Well, I'm doing well now that I heard a great update on Mrs. Carol, the matriarch. We've been praying for so I'm glad she's uh, recovering. You know, we're, we're going through uh, <clears throat> July 1st, started our, our 18th year uh, on the air. And that's uh, 18 years of Saturday nights. Uh, I'm, I'm stuck to this to the, the radio here because I love this thing. I love the program and, and you guys. Um, and she's never said a word about it. So... Uh, <laughs> I got to give her big news on that. Big news on that one. But, uh, I mean, that's uh, a lot bigger than people realize. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Hey, uh, all right, uh, Bob. What do you think if uh, 
uh, Omar and, and uh, Gabriel Santos. He knocked him out in a very, very quick uh, fashion. Uh, hold on here. Which one did you say, Santos? I want to make sure I'm getting the right one here. Which, okay. Who did you say? Gabriel Santos did not get in the, the first round against uh, David uh, Omar. No, I didn't have that one on. My, sorry. I'm scrolling That's through my one. notes. Okay. <laughs> I'm on the right, wrong Kyle, page. For... Yeah, it was on the front page. Of the, All of right. Thing. Uh, Ty, what do you think about uh, uh, Edgar Berlanger's uh, 12th round uh, uh, decision finally over uh, Quigley? Oh, well, you know what, Berlanger, he was a favorite, and he did what he was supposed to do. The thing about Berlanger is Berlanger started his career 16-0 and with 16 knockouts, and he wasn't really properly developed. He didn't face the typical step-up fights uh, against journeymen or fringe contenders or anything to help him develop. And so part of his issue is a lot of people feel he hasn't developed uh, because he hasn't gotten knockouts in his last four fights. But we're still talking about a under you know, undefeated fighter who's under twenty six. So he did what he was supposed to do against Quigley. I thought he looked okay. Uh we'll see how he continues to develop from this point on. Uh Uh, let me get to another one, uh, uh, Ty. David Morrell versus uh, Benavides coming up in October. You know what? Benavides has said um, that David Morrell doesn't have quite the main value yet for that fight to happen. He told him, uh, he specifically stated that fight is not going to happen. He's actually targeting Jaime Magia. And he said that he'd like to see David Morrell get more victories before he fights Benavidez. Um, so that's where that stands. And as we know, it's funny because Benavidez is chasing Canelo. Morrell is chasing Benavidez. So such mm-hmm. is boxing. Um, I, De La Hoya said that Munguia is interested uh, in the fight with Benavidez. I don't see that. I think most of us believe that Benavidez would absolutely um, murder Jaime Munguia, um, but we'll see. That's that's the most likely fight. That's the only fight that Benavidez uh, has been targeting right now. But he specifically said that uh, he's not fighting Morel next. So we'll see what happens. He could also very well, uh, you know, sit out for a little bit, take kind of a stay busy fight. Uh, now that Canelo has signed three a three fight deal with PBC. He could be thinking that he could be in line to face Canelo uh, in these next upcoming fights. So we'll see what, how you know how it shakes out. Okay, that's good. Yeah, Caden, what do you think about uh, John Jones versus Steph uh, My eyes uh, on the Neocic. Uh, 
John Jones stepping in Miocic is kind of like a expected fight. It had to happen at least at one point. And uh, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of like one of those that's written in the stars. We're gonna say two of the two of the goats, you know, go un- undoubted goat of the entire UFC and John Jones. But most importantly, goat in left light heavyweight division against you know someone who's considered goat in the heavyweight division. And if John Jones can get this win over Stepan Miocic, I don't think there's really anything else you can say about John Jones not being the greatest. Uh, MMA fighter of all time, but uh, how I see that fight going is John Jones just grabs him, and it's just going to be like Francis and Donald Stephanie the second time. It was just too much for Stephanie. He's getting older, he's aging, and I don't think he can handle that for off. Now, granted, he is always heavily doubted, and he you know, you've seen it multiple times in his career. He comes out on the on the winning side, but uh, that was more when he was in his junior years. But uh, yeah, definitely going to the house and retiring after. Okay. Ty, there's there's a um, there's a contract floating out there supposedly Andy Ruiz versus Deontay Wilder uh, for the latter part of the year. Uh, what's your thoughts on that one? I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, they keep hitting snags. Uh, most people feel that Andy Ruiz is pricing himself out. Andy Ruiz. Uh, apparently, won 50%. Deontay Wilder said he must be drunk on drugs or both. Um, and when you read, uh, most commentators feel that, you know, that Andy Ruiz has priced himself, himself out. Most people feel like he doesn't deserve 50%. Uh, yeah, as far as, you know, the guys negotiate, that depends on, you know, I guess, a person's opinion, which you may feel, but nonetheless, as of right now, they can't get the numbers uh, at a place where that fight looks like it's going to take place. So, uh, it's just you know, they also could be negotiating in public. You know, that happens a lot too. So we'll see what happens. But as of this point, um, it doesn't look like it's going to happen unless somebody uh, kind of compromises financially. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bob, what do you think if? Uh... <laughs> The uh, Elon Musk versus uh, Mark Zuckerberg. I think that is awesome, and I think Dana, and Dana White thinks he can get it past the commission. So I mean, really? Zuckerberg. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, he he seems well, at least seems quite serious about booking a fight between Elon Musk and Zuckerberg, um, calling it the billionaire bash. But Zuckerberg's. Uh, you know, uh, uh, an enthusiast in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, he's training under Dave Camarello, and uh, he's even doing uh, uh, jiu-jitsu competitions. So Musk hmm. snatched up old-school pro GSP and his uh, grappling coach, John Danahar, and uh, he's mm-hmm. training with him. So uh, Musk is jumping in there. Uh, uh, Zuckerberg has already been training. I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, Kane, what's your thoughts? What do you think? Oh, on Zuckerberg? Yeah. I think Zuckerberg cleans him up. I mean, Elon oh. Musk is, what, 50 years old? And uh, Mark Zuckerberg is, you know, mid-30s, I think. And if not, early 40s. 
But uh, mm-hmm. I'm also going to shout this out right now. I'm watching the Tampa Bay Rowdies game, and it's our it's our coach's last game with us, and uh, we just scored Great. our first goal. goal. So uh, a shout out to Cal Jennings, there, our striker, who just scored. But uh, moving on to this, if, if I don't really think they are going to fight because coming down to it, usually when when fights like this, celebrity fights like this get get built up, you know, over time and over time like that, they end up not happening. And I, I do think that we can we have to accept that with this. You can't you, know, you can't go into this with the full expectation that Zuckerberg and Elon are going to fight each other because you know more often than not stuff that you want that you want to happen doesn't happen. So uh, mm-hmm. I think this, that might be another case of this. Okay. How do you think of Val uh, Wood, Woodburn uh, versus uh, Bo Nickel in two uh, ninety this tonight? Uh, who's Bo Nickel fighting? Val Woodburn is fighting uh, Bo Nickel. Uh, oh, oh, Val Woodburn. Val Woodburn, Caden uh, is an undefeated regional guy. I think he's seven and zero or nine and zero. He's taking this fight on a week's notice against oh, the three-time. Yeah, you you know what it is, Caden. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I think we know how that fight's gonna end. Yeah. So, so he should be looking for a can opener for that tomato can he's hitting. I'm, that was I'm, a dumb. I'm not going to call Woodburn a tomato can because he was scheduled to fight on like Dana White's contender series like next month. But uh-huh. for him to you know take this fight, uh, you know on a on a one week's notice against a three time NCAA. Division one wrestling champion is uh, is a big ask. It's a big ask. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, well, Kane, what was the one that uh, uh, Logan was talking about today? John Jones and uh, uh, Tyson Fury. Oh no, no, it was uh, that was um, Francis Ngannou and Tyson Tyson Fury. Ngannou, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. And on that one. yeah, we were on. <laughs> funny story about that. We were on text messages, and we were talking about this. And our friend Logan doesn't watch like a little. He watches little to basically no, no boxing. And uh, he sent this little blurb in about Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou. He was like, Ngannou's definitely gonna put up a better fight than Wilder. I was like, you are you are tripping if you think that Francis Ngannou is gonna put up a better boxing fight up of, of against Tyson Fury than, than Deontay, than, than Wilder did. No, I don't think mm-hmm. anybody could fight Tyson like Wilder did. Yeah. But uh, yeah. if that fight were to happen, you already know my prediction, and you already know everybody else's oh, yeah. prediction. It's just, it's yeah. kind of yeah. a silly question. Yeah. How about you, Bob? Bob? Sorry, I'm on mute again. Uh, so the the Wilder uh, versus um, Nagano, or yes. no, uh, yeah, uh, Fury, Fury versus uh, Fury versus Nagano. 
Well, the whole fight, I mean, again, it's one of those uh, all-star matchups. You know, you got MMA versus yeah. boxing. He's not going to do a better boxing <laughs> match than while there's a boxer. Uh, Nagano's got some power, and he could stay in there. But, you know, there were talks that if they did it, it would be a three-fight trilogy or a two-fight trilogy or, or two uh, double-fight, one MMA, one boxing. You know what I mean? I just... You know, for the I don't care one way or another. I just want to see Nagano get paid and blaze a new trail for himself. You know, with the crossover. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey Ty, uh, Carlos uh, was it Adama uh, stopped uh, uh, John Williams uh, in the fourth round uh, last week. What are you thoughts on that one? <laughs> Horrible stoppage. Horrible stoppage. Mm-hmm. It was a good competitive fight. Um, Ademis was in A-side, kind of like the Raleigh Romero fight uh, a couple months back, where the A-side mm-hmm. got a stoppage kind of as soon as the B-side guy was in a little bit of trouble. Uh, but it was a horrible mm-hmm. stoppage. It was a very competitive fight. Uh, J-Rock went in as the underdog, but he gave a great account of himself. Adamus is known mm-hmm. to fade, and J-Rock is hanging in there. And even though, you know, in all you know, all credit due to Adamus, he had rocked J-Rock at that moment, but J-Rock was doing a great job of riding with shots and avoiding uh, debilitating blows, and he had been doing that throughout the fight and constantly coming back and putting it on Adamus. Um, but as soon as it looked like as soon as the ref – Saw an opportunity to stop the fight for the A-side guy. So be it. There it goes again. So, uh, mm-hmm. so but, you know, and, again, it's no, no uh, not to be smirch Adamus because he was denied a conclusive victory uh, as well. So, you know, it just is what it is. But it was a good fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excuse me. Uh, Bob, what do you think about uh... – uh, Yair uh, Rodriguez uh, putting on a uh, a kicking class for uh, uh, against uh, Josh Emmer. Yeah, so Rare um, put on basically a kick clinic before he ended up submitting him with a triangle choke, and he was fighting against mm-hmm. Emmett. So that uh, sets Yair up for a shot at the title. Um, and just went out there and really did some great kicks. So um, looked really good, set everything up, um, and uh, I can't even read my own handwriting. But uh, ended up finishing yeah. with the triangle choke. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, uh, oh, that was at USC two four. Yeah. Sorry. What do you think? What do you think of what do you think of Talia's, uh, Santos uh, and Aaron Blanchfield. Um, that was uh, that's coming up on the twenty first. It's uh, the Thiago Thiago Santos. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know much about the other guy, but Thiago Santos always liked him. Big fan of him. That's a cool ass tattoo right right on the center of his chest. It's a big old hammer. And uh, mm-hmm. he's known for knocking dudes out. And uh, not not the most technical guy ever, but uh, kind of one of those gatekeepers for a division. Like uh, never gonna go fall in the rankings. Probably won't ever be champion, but uh, always gonna be a formidable opponent. Okay. Hey, Ty, what do you think uh, of uh, the? about Talia Santos. Uh, she's ranked number three. She's going against Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, so it's a female strawweight 
uh, or flyweight fight um, scheduled for the UFC in Singapore. So the the yeah. winner of those two girls will go on for a title shot. Um, but they've been kind of uh, they were supposed to fight before COVID, and then I uh, I would imagine it was Santos's cornerman couldn't get uh, could not get visas or or whatever to come over. Um, and so that got postponed and Blanchfield's just kind of been in lieu and just waiting, uh, for a shot because that's kind of, uh, number two and number three ranked girls going at it for, uh, for the title shot. Okay. Um, uh, Ty, what do you think to, uh, Joe, uh, Tassimuor, uh, with his upset with, against Adam Kalanicki? Oh, you know what? Uh, it's time for Cal Nicky to hang him up, I believe. And I'm not one to say that. Uh, but here was a guy who was undefeated, and he fought Robert Hellenius and was knocked out. And he fought him again was knocked out. Then he came back against a softer touch and was knocked out. And then he fought this Joe Castellano, who was a very unknown to knock him out. So he's, he's been stopped in four of his last fights, in his last four fights. So, you know, he was a success story because he was really selling out well in New York, you know, with the Polish crowd being a Polish guy. Uh, but, I, you know, I think, um, you know, you can see a guy say, well, his days at the top are over. This is a guy who got into – uh, you know, kind of the sanctioned body top tens, but then he's just falling completely out. So I think that's, you know, probably about it for him. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Hey, can, uh, can I give a shout out for tonight for uh, UFC 290? We just finished the early prelims, but, uh, the second one in was that uh, Cameroon Samen versus Terrence Mitchell, mm-hmm. and that Cameroon Samen, he's uh, he's one of those uh, African uh, African dudes that uh, coming out uh, and and doing really good, and, and man, he he's just dominating. He's now nine and zero, working his way up the the ranks, and I think he trains with uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Duricus Duplessis, I think, that's fighting Robert Whitaker. Oh, I think it's like Duplessis Duplessis, I think. Yeah, something like that. They're both out of Africa, and um, but they're white, you know, and they're claiming to be the, the I think, is that the white, right guys? Yeah, and they're and they're claiming to be the only true Africans in the UFC, and, and that's really pissing off Izzy. Uh, Israel, <laughs> uh, because you know he he he's got that claim. So that's a big fight coming up tonight as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that happened already from the South African, and the one that's coming up later on the main card. Caden, who was the uh, who was the guy that uh, the fight went uh, eleven and a half seconds with two punches today on two ninety? I can't remember their names. I wasn't watching. I haven't watched any of the fights tonight, actually. Okay. How about you, Bob? Did you see it? Yeah, no, it was Shannon Ross versus Jesus Aguilar. Aguilar came out against Shannon Ross, and it was 17 seconds. It was a flyweight fight. It was quick. Yeah. Nasty. (laughs) It was very quick. (laughs) Yeah, well, and the thing is, I mean, he, he missed the jab. 
and the jab was a little shy, but it was a good setup. Like I tell everyone all the point, you know, what's the point of the jab? You know, put it in your eyes. They can't see the rest of your movement, you know. And he landed the, the cross, and, and Ross went down, and, you know, everyone talks about it. When you get knocked out and you kind of slump, it's one thing, but when you get knocked out and drop and, and your head whips back, and, I mean, you're so unconscious. Like, those are the bad ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it took him a while to get up off the canvas. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, he just blinked and, and the thing was over. Um, yeah. You know, the wife's not in the room, so I don't know the difference between a knockout and a concussion. But when they, when they, yeah. I don't know if they're, if they're the, the same thing or not, but uh, the knockout, uh, some knockouts aren't aren't that bad. People just, I mean, because you you know you can choke yeah. them out, you lose consciousness for a second. But when you when yeah. you go down like that and your head's just spaghetti, you have no tension left in right. your neck. I, I'm willing to bet that's close to a concussion or just a bad one. Yeah. Well, he, uh, you know, the, 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 what I noticed was that his hands weren't even in position. Uh, he had nothing to protect himself. He went for a jab and. Uh, Dropped his left hand and didn't cover his face, and it just he just came in with a roundhouse and then just knocked him right out of the ballpark. Yeah. Uh, all right. What do you think of uh, Liam Smith versus uh, Chris Eubank coming up? Well, I mean, he, you know, we we talked about how he clipped Chris Eubank last time and surprised him. Um, so I, he, he, I'm kind of curious to see what are the sports books going to be because Chris Eubank went in like a two to one favorite last time and he got knocked out in the fourth. So uh, you know, obviously, if, if Eubank loses this fight, his career is done. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested to see what the sports books say. I really don't know what to make of it. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that Eubank is the longer, bigger, more athletic guy, but Liam is the better boxer, more technically, fundamentally sound guy. I kind of think Liam's going to pull it off again, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if Chris were to stick and move and clutch and finagle his way to a decision. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. It was a pretty exciting four rounds last time. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Caden, what do you say? All right, let's let's get to the meat of this whole thing here tonight. Caden, what do you think of Volkanovski tonight? You know, I think Yair has a very you know, great chance of winning this fight and dethroning Alex Volkanovski, but I don't see it happening just because of how dominant Volk is and how much he's proved that you know the featherweight division is his division, and I think he's really going for the you know just some my name in history kind of, kind of and you know, he already has some but I, he's going for all the gold he's going for absolute greatness and how can you blame him but uh, yeah it's, it's kind of like when uh, when Usman fought Leon Edwards it's going to be one of those you know, one kick could end the entire fight kind of deals like because you have no idea what Yair is going to do. He can throw. He's the only person I've seen to be able to throw at a quality like head kick when he's on his heels. There's no one else that can do that. Maybe Edson Barboza can do that. But maybe him and Edson Barboza are the only people in the UFC that can do that. And that is just so dangerous. So, so underrated as well. Something you're just not, like, not really, you can't really plan for. 
But uh, okay, try. yeah, I, I do say Volkanovski takes this one, but uh, I think it'll be a longer fight, maybe four rounds, because I mean, you saw what yeah, you did to Max Holloway, and Max Holloway batted up. You, some may say that Yaya yeah, won that fight against Max Holloway. So uh, okay, I, I, I agree that it's unfair to, to count out Yaya Rodriguez. Hi, what's your thoughts? I think when we're talking about Alexander Volkanovski at featherweight, I think against anybody at this point, the only prediction you would have in their favor would be a puncher chance. Um, with a guy like Yario Rodriguez, uh, the chance of a strike that could put your lights out, um, is that, that chance even is greater with the Yario Rodriguez because of everything Caden said. Uh, because of this once of you know once in a lifetime dexterity with his kicks and his attacks, the angles that he can strike from, and his unpredictability in the way he throws offensively. But over five rounds, barring uh, a shot that completely catches uh, Volkanovski off guard, over five rounds, it's just hard to pick against Volkanovski at the featherweight division. I do think Yair is going to give us some trouble, but the problem is, is Volkanovski, who I believe is the pound-for-pound best fighter in the world today. One of Volkanovski's strengths is that he's a ma- he's master of the gesture, and he's one of the most well-rounded uh, fighters in the game. And he's one of the few fighters who I believe his fight on IQ is on par with uh, John Jones. So, you know, Yair Rodriguez has a big task in front of him, but if anyone can land the fight-changing blow, it is Yair Rodriguez. But just like Caden, you gotta you got to lean towards the champ. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bob? Yeah, I, I'm sure I'm missing Z and Tony, but I just love being on the show with Ty and Caden. I mean, they both hit so many good points. Um, Volkanovski is, you know, ranked only second to John Jones as as uh, uh, top uh, goat or pound for pound fighter uh, out there. So um, Volk is is a machine, and just like Caden said, Yair's got that kick off the back heel. So, and it's funny he brought up the uh, uh, Usman and and uh, uh, Leon Edwards fight because. We all mm-hmm. kind of did the same thing, you know. I mean, and I'm go. I'm on the Volkanovski bandwagon. I love him. I love his haircut, you know. Um, uh, so we've got that in common. The um, but he's a great fighter. He, he's fantastic. His IQ is way up there. He's well rounded. Year's got a chance. So I'd hate to see it end like the Edwards uh, uh, Usman fight. But I was kind of. You know, uh, more of a underdog, rooting for rooting for the underdog on the Edwards Usman versus I'd like to see Volkanovski keep this versus uh, Year taking it from him. But we'll see. So if I got to eat crow, uh, that would make Year the 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 winner. Um, I'm I'm voting for Volkanovski. Okay. Um, and what's the what's the other big one you wanted to talk about tonight, Bob? Oh, there's a bunch, actually. There's Brandon Moreno versus Alan Potanic. Uh, so there's two main events or two uh, uh, huge fights tonight, Volkanovski for the title and Moreno and, and Pontaja for the, uh, the belt. So Brandon Moreno, I'm kind of on the Brandon Moreno train. 
just because, you know, first Mexican fighter to be UFC uh, champ, uh, started, I think, when he was like 22, you know, or even younger, you know, really worked his way up, went back down the rankings, came back up. He really worked for it, you know, to get up there. I mean, he's had a, a four-fight series with um, 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 brain farting right now. Uh, help me out. Davidson Figueredo. Yeah, Figueredo. So, um, Davidson Figueroa. I mean, they've fought four times. And, you know, just looking at uh, Brandon Moreno talking about that stuff, how much, you know, he grew as a fighter, winning the, the, the gold, uh, then losing the gold, and then going back and forth and winning again. And, you know, what, knowing what it's like to be on top uh, versus also knowing what it's like to lose that gold and, and be hungry again. So, you know, just a huge emotional roller coaster for a young athlete. He'll he'll have a great career in here, but that'll tonight will be uh, an exciting fight um, between those two. So for the co-main flyweight title. Okay. You also have uh, Jalen Turner and Dan Hooker tonight. On this yeah, part. I'm looking forward to that one as well. Jalen Turner, you know, coming out crazy. Um, you know, he's he got weight. You know, Jalen missed weight too. So it's a catchweight down. Yeah, he was like three pounds over or something, came in at yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so but I mean the guy is I mean he's tall, he's thin, he's he's got great hands. I think he's got like a seventy I don't can't see my notes where it is, like a seventy seven inch reach. Um the the guy is amazing. So I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, there it is. Uh Jalen Turner, thirteen and six versus Hooker, twenty two and twelve. So Hooker's kinda you know, he's been around a while. Um, he's kind of like what, what's Caden say, one of those place marker guys. Um, I, I don't think Hooker's ever uh, head head towards the championship again or, uh, or anything like that. Um, so Jalen Turner, we'll see how this one turns out, but I'm excited to watch that one what's as well. About the, uh, Brandon Moreno Alexander Pantahola fight is that uh, he's beat Moreno twice. He beat him on the Ultimate Fighter. He submitted him on the Ultimate Fighter, and then a few years later. Uh, he beat Moreno in a decision, and that's when Moreno was fired. And uh, you know, Bob was talking about his story how he left the UFC and then came back. He left after a second loss to Pantola. So this is Moreno's chance to avenge his uh, 0-2 record against the Cannibal. So it's a very interesting fight. I like Moreno in this fight. Um, I believe he's just improved, uh, just like you know. Um, like Bob was saying, he, you know, he started real young, 29 years old now. He's in his prime, and, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron, and I think he's grown so much from that four-fight series with Figueredo. So good fight, really good fight. That's one I'm really looking forward to, and I think it's a lot trickier to predict. Um, a lot of people like Pantola, and a lot of people like Moreno in this fight. So it's a very good fight. Mm-hmm. Hey, that kind of reminds me of that. Okay. Oh, I was going to say that kind of reminds me of like Izzy going against uh, uh, the guy that had knocked him out a couple oh, times. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then and then actually getting Izzy. So this kind of scares me for Moreno, you know. But at the same time, I'd love because there's a lot of uh, just like you said, a lot of heat and a lot of uh, history between these two. So for Moreno to be able to beat this guy as he's champion would be huge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, then Ty, what do you think? Uh, Tiafino uh, Lopez in the rags this week said uh, 
he might retire. Is that true? Do you think that's true or not? I, I have no idea what's going on in that kid's head. Um, he may. Uh, he may not. Most people think it's bravado. Most people think he's a little crazy. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll see. I don't know if he has a deal with Tap Rank right now, so it, it all could be a negotiating for it. Um, but, you know, only time we'll deal with what his true intent is and, and whether there was any true validity to a statement. I couldn't even tell you, man. I couldn't even tell you that kid. Okay. How about uh, Ryan Garcia uh, calling out uh, Regis Pedroza? You know what? He's calling out Regis Progray because Progray is a champion, and Progray did not look good his last fight. Uh, and Ryan Garcia also has a very marketable name. Um, but the big issue is, is you know, he's – I think he's in litigation with Golden Boy's promoter. So I don't know what's going to have to happen and, and what kind of resolution he's going to have to come to with his promoter. Uh, before a fight is made. I know Oscar De La Hoya had floated another name out there as a possible fight, and Ryan Garcia uh, disagreed with that. So um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how everything shakes out, but there's no way Ryan's going to be able to take a fight. He could call out anybody he wants on social media, but until he straightens out his deal, his promotional deal, um, we don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Has he got any relation? Oh, the other Gracies? You guys were talking Ryan Gracie, right? No, he's talking about Ryan Garcia. Garcia. Oh, Garcia. All right, my bad. Sorry. Yeah. No, I don't think... Hey, someone to throw in about the uh, Volkanovski versus Yair Rodriguez fight as well. I just found it in my notes that uh, uh, Volk ended up getting a cut uh, in training camp. And a lot of times uh, they will cancel the fight if you're cut. Um, because that can be reopened. But the doctors went ahead and okayed it. And Rare's blabbing uh, that he wants, you know, Vulcan 100%, you know, so the fans don't say anything if he is, if there's a, a, a loses by, you know, cutage or, or, or stoppage by a cut. So that's just something to watch out for uh, tonight. Um, if if uh, Vulcan obviously starts bleeding, it's probably reopen that cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I was kind of curious about that because it, you saw him with the Band-Aid on his face like all week, and they just now got to what's going on with your face. And um, the one thing Volk was saying is obviously he was like, ah, if he goes for it, then whatever. Um, the one the one positive thing is it is under the eye, so the blood wouldn't be flowing into the eye. But, I mean, you know, Yara Rodriguez is a striker, man. It doesn't take much to get a cut and do stoppage at this point anymore in the UFC. So right. I think that's kind of risky. I, I can understand why you wouldn't want to cancel the fight, but against a guy like Yarab Rodriguez, who, remember how he knocked out the Korean zombie with the up elbow at the last second? Like, dude, like that stuff will bust you open. And next thing yeah. you know, Volkanovski will be dominating the fight and lost the fight by TK on the fourth round because of a cut. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting times. Interesting times. Yeah. I mean, by not by not telling anybody what the mandate is under your eye, you're walking around like Nelly. You know what I mean? So you gotta you gotta be letting people know. Yeah. Remember right. when Nelly? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, hey, talking about retirements though. Tonight on uh, uh, UFC 290, Robbie Lawler is last fight. Now Lawler has been around for a while. Robbie Lawler is known. I mean, he's he's a he's a fan favorite, a fighter favorite. 
you know, that guy goes in there to brawl. And uh, so tonight it's his uh, uh, retirement fight against Nico Price. And and Lawler's a little worried about that because Nico Price is, is a beast. Um, yeah, let's see, Lawler's going out with an impressive record of 29 and 16 in MMA and 14 and 10 in the UFC. So uh, with him retiring tonight, uh, that'll be a huge thing uh, for – uh, the UFC, and I'm, I'm hoping, you know, down the road that uh, Robbie Lawler gets pulled into the UFC Hall of Fame for being one of the bloodier fighters and, and getting in there and not quitting. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, <clears throat> how about uh, next month's uh, music versus Dubois? Right. Unless Usyk is falling off a cliff, I like Usyk to beat the guy. You know, Usyk is he's my guy. He's my favorite fighter. Right. Uh, but he is also uh, 36 years old now, and he's fighting heavyweights when he's a career cruiserweight. So he's fighting another big, strong guy. Skill-wise, Usyk's going to be the most skilled guy in the ring every time he steps into the ring uh, until he retires. Uh, the problem is he's always going to be the smaller guy uh, until he retires. So with that said, I believe until his skills decline, the only person uh, that can beat him over 12 rounds would be Tyson Fury. So I think uh, he should, you know, go ahead and help box Dubois to win a, you know, a clean, pretty convincing decision. That's what I believe. If anything other ha- other than that happens, then I'll just believe Usyk has lost a step. Okay. And just about a month from tonight will be the uh, triage of uh, or triad of uh, Joshua versus uh, White uh, rematch. What's your thoughts on that one? I, I believe he'll go ahead and knock White out again. I didn't. I, I didn't like the way Joshua looked, but I didn't like the way White looked in his last fight either. Um, Joshua yeah, looked gun shy. Joshua looked gun shy, but White to me looked. Um, he looked a little more past it, like declining. So I'm thinking of Joshua. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the last one I have is they announced uh, this week that uh, Canelo will fight Jermel, not Jamal. Uh, what's your thoughts on that one? I think fighting either one of those guys is a duck. And I don't say that often. I never say that. I never say a fighter's ducking another fighter. But he's it's a, it's a complete duck. Um Part of the reason why is he did fight a mandatory with John Ryder. That was a mandatory. Um, but David Benavidez is the number one guy at 158. Now, once you fight your mandatory, you do you, you can have a voluntary defense. So he's taking a voluntary defense against Jamal Charlo. I believe it's a duck because he didn't take his number one contender. However, with that said, I'm not going to criticize too harshly for one reason. Canelo signed a three-fight deal with PBC. So if that first fight is Jamal Charlo, and then the next fight is Benavidez, then I can forgive him. If Benavidez is one of these uh, upcoming fights in this three-fight deal he has, then all will be forgiven as far as I'm concerned. But until Mm -hmm. that happens, this is a duck to me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. We're talking about the fights, and all of a sudden uh, ESPN just flashed that the Volkanovski fight tonight is on sale for a low price of $124.50. Mm-hmm. 
It better be a damn good fight for that kind of money. I have a lower price of a legal screen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say anything about that. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's uh, since we're at the end of our our program here, uh, Ty, give us an update on the the Reverend. How's she doing? She's doing well, man. She's uh, you know, again, she's she's back to herself and her uh, wonderful ways, and, you know, we're just wishing her speedy healing, and uh, she's back to work, back to the church, so, uh, you know, she thanks all of you guys for your prayers and well wishes. Good. Well, she, uh, she certainly, of all the people I've known over the years, she certainly is a person that uh, deserves a lot of gratitude, gratitude and uh, prayers, that's for sure. She's always been a tremendous person. Uh, and always in there whenever you needed it. She's like a cop. If you need her, she's the one that's running in when everybody else is running out. And she stands sure. her ground. I know uh, you guys found out what it was like when uh, you and Zito were young. Uh, when she stands her ground, boy, she stands her ground. So uh, give her give her our love and, uh, and thoughts. So guys, we come, to, we come to the end of the script here. So, uh, Bob, uh, please uh, wish the commander a, uh, a speedy uh, trip and uh, a safe trip. And uh, we appreciate everything she does each and every day uh, out there. Thank you. So, Bob, you want to read us out? Yeah, I do. And uh, uh, before I say uh, or lead us out, I just want to plug Donald Cerrone. He just hit the uh, – uh, his um, – UFC induction into the Hall of Fame, and uh, he got teary-eyed and emotional, and and admitted that he made uh, over ten million dollars while he was in the UFC. And his quote was, "Not bad for an effing blue-collar boy." So, uh, <laughs> thanks for everything you did, uh, Cerrone, for the sport and being an ambassador for all the other fighters and a, and a, and a great uh, you know fighter to watch. Um, so leading us out, God bless everyone, our fighting family and friends. Uh, too bad we didn't have Zito and Tony tonight, but thanks to Ty and Caden and Frank for putting it together. Um, I want to give a shout-out for uh, Sharon, the matriarch, uh, hopefully a speedy recovery and, and keep that foot elevated and make all those grandkids, especially Caden, wait on you. Um, everyone, uh, have a great week. God bless. Uh Eyes up and chins down. Talk to you next week. Okay. Always a pleasure talking to you, fine gentlemen. Definitely miss Tony and Zita today, but as usual, Bob, Kate, Butch, you guys are always, always well and wonderful. Uh, glad to hear that the matriarch is doing well. Our continued prayers go out to her. Bob is her co-pilot, Coach Love watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Everybody be safe, be well, and have a wonderful week. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation. The men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women police and fire services, the doctors and nurses, first responders on the first line, front line of COVID, especially the people that clean up the hospital afterwards. Uh, they put themselves in harm's way each and every day. And Bob's favorite people, the people in the, that keep us, the shelves stocked in the supermarket. These uh, programs are also dedicated to those who've lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcott, 
uh, Patrolman D- David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Sergeant Thomas Batinger, Detective Ricky Bell, Detective Randy Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Hemmett, Sergeant Tom Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Charlie Connor, Tarpa Springs Police Department, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, <clears throat> Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant Chris Levake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman and Alpha Christman, Lakeland PD, Lieutenant Joe Serba, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Josh Meyer, uh, Patrol Deputy Josh Meyer, Nassau County Sheriff's Department, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Captain Chris Leach, Wellington Fire Department, Lieutenant Artif Oak, Wellington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wellington Fire Department, Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol, Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol, Chief Al Hogle, Longo Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Deputy Mike Hargrove, Pinellas County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Blaine Lane, Polk County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Chris Myers, Polk County Sheriff's Department, and Sergeant Christopher Fitzgerald, Philadelphia Sheriff's Department and Temple University Police Department. My brothers and sisters, although you may be 10-7 at this point in time, at some time we'll be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the rose rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields. The sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your family always in the palm of his hands. Good night. God bless and have a great week.
County Dispatch to 1999. County Dispatch to 1999. County Dispatch to 1999. All units be advised, 1999's response was last emergency. May God bless his soul. And all the souls of Bayley departed. May he rest in peace.